Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, stories and sermons for the journey. A channel of blessing for friends everywhere to experience how the Holy Spirit moves ordinary people into an extraordinary calling, bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom of God. The Word is declared through the pastors and partners of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua, founded in 2011 in Jovellanos, Cuba, by pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers and storytellers in the United States. Our team is dedicated to planting and nurturing churches and to spread the reach of the gospel. We pray you'll be blessed by these teachings and testimonies of what God has done and is doing in and through us. It is recorded in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that Jesus had a lengthy prayer session just before taking all of our sin on his shoulders. While three of the Gospels focus on his agony and then yielding to the will of God to become literally sin in our place, the Gospel of John highlights another part of this conversation with the Father that night. In John's account, Jesus, who has just shared what we've come to call the Last Supper, uh, where he turns the Passover meal on his head and he sets it on a course to become what we Christians now call communion. That's another story for another podcast. Jesus has a very clear petition for the Father. And he focuses on community, which seems appropriate. At first, it's nothing that would seem earth-shattering when one is talking to the person closest to him in all creation. Jesus asks that the unity of the Father, Son, and Spirit be solidified when he gets home. And then he asks his disciples, being protected in this world, would also be of one heart. And that makes sense in the moment. But then Jesus does something extraordinary. He prays for us, you and me. 2,000 years ago, Jesus prays for us as a part of the community of the faithful. It's, it's right here in John 17, the Lord's actual prayer. I pray also for those who will believe in me through there, that's the disciples' message, that all of them, us, may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And then the world will see that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. Now today and next time on the podcast, we're going to focus on the idea of community. Now Jesus had just called his friends into ongoing communion with him and then prayed for all of us that we would have it. So it must be important. I'm going to do this, though, in a way that might seem a little, um, what shall we say, unique. Uh, and to give some context, let me start by telling you that I was raised in church. Now, I don't really count myself as having had a saved-by-grace experience until I was 33 years old. But from my birth until I was about 22 years old, I was part of a people known as Grace United Methodist in Norwood, Ohio. Now, I may have mentioned here that Norwood is the center of the universe, and if you missed that or you've forgotten, well, now you know. It, it was there that I was taken, or sometimes dragged, nearly every Sunday morning without fail to Sunday school and then to worship, and, and then often to other events as well. Now, growing up in that church community, our Sunday worship was uh, traditional, or so they said. Now, the fact is that the tools and the sensibilities of traditional worship changed quite often throughout my childhood and my youth and my young adult life, but the order and the hymnody, and the blessings, and the prayers, and the creeds, and the special worship or sacramental service forms, th those things remained, and they became deeply rooted in me. But apart from Sunday mornings, Grace Church was anything but traditional. 
The, the thinking can't even be called out of the box because we just simply didn't have a box. In service and outreach ministry, in fellowship, and in six days a week of the music program, in kids and youth ministry, and summer camps, and all of those things, I got marinated in a really rich and tasty and experimental kind of spiritual growth sauce. And I still carry around the scent of those fragrant offerings as well. So fast forward with me now to 2013. I'm in seminary. I'm assigned an essay to write and it's to be titled, The Task of Christian Ethics. I had no idea what that meant. Uh, so in order to give myself some idea as to what I was writing, I decided to give my essay a subtitle. Here it is, here's the subtitle. A short discussion of who I am, who I should be as a Christian man, and the kind of Christian community I have been equipped to help build. Listen to that subtitle again, it's, it's where we're going here. A short discussion of who I am, who I should be as a Christian man, and the kind of Christian community I have been equipped to help build. And so then I attempted to write about what the scriptures tell me about all of that, even when honestly, I would have been quite content to listen to what the world would try to say about those things. And all of what I wrote ended up being filtered through that deep tradition and that tradition breaking in which I had been raised. And so what's coming now is a kind of mashup or mixtape or melding of things. Generally, it's a variation on a centuries-old worship form called Lessons and Carols, which were originally alternating scripture and Advent or Christmas carols. And in place of the carols, though, we've got excerpts from my essay about identity and community, and then some occasional sidebar comments. And all of that will be leading us back to the communion table where Jesus still offers to be with all of us. And so I pray that as we go forward, you're going to hear a little bit about yourself and all of my meanderings. You'll understand a bit of what God feels for you, what Jesus intends for his church as a community, and that together we can reaffirm the pure communion into which we've been called. All right, here we go. Let's just get started to touch. Now we're going to start near the very beginning. This is Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 21. It says, The Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with the flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. We're going to take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on the Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed, to see people set free from what holds them captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. And if you'd like to be a Covenant financial partner or contribute to the work of the ministry, I encourage you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we are back. Let's start right where we left off before the break, and then we're going to jump into my essay a bit. Genesis 2, once again, the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So here we start from the essay. Who am I? Now that's a loaded question. I'm the result of a miraculous transformation of sperm and egg into flesh and bone and blood and breath. 
and the manner in which I move, the way I look, and varying combinations of my preferences, attitudes, talents, and characteristic behaviors were shaped by the humans whose momentary passion produced me. And yet, in many ways, I am, and my creation was also a contradiction. In a perfect or even better situation, the passion of my genesis might have been between two people whose love for one another was playing itself out in the utmost level of true unity and ecstasy. Uh, but in reality, as is unfortunately common, the love was long gone. The poetry that God intended for the union of husband and wife was reduced to a grunt. I was an accident of biology. A miraculous accident. A little sidebar. You know, when things aren't going as we planned, we really struggle with trusting in the tension, you know? And, and oftentimes, when that is the case, we will turn to whatever comforts us in the moment. And, and when we do that, then communion is broken. Back to my essay. I am the result of a series of broken relationships. Drunkenness, violence, divorce. A nearby but very absent father who never thought me quite good enough to bear his name and who left me to the wolves who took advantage of me. Wolves whose scars have long impacted my life. I'm also the result of a mother's love for her son that planted in me, lousy soil as I was, the seeds of a perfect relationship with God through Christ and of the example of strong sisters who modeled that alongside mom. There is a special sense of value in my heart for the counsel of a spirit-filled woman of God. Psalm 139.13 says, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I am, though it took so long to see, the result of a plan of God's, one that transcends the fires of human passion and that loved me before sperm met egg and will love me faithfully throughout all my life. It was God's before I knew it to implant relentless grace in my life to forgive and save me and to grow our relationship even as I go on tripping and falling all over myself and even in those places where I get stuck. Luke 15 is the famous story. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. I am the result of the miraculous transformation of soul and spirit. The day that grace broke through, I was recognized as worthy of God's love, the love of the Father. Not by any achievement or inherent merit of my own, but simply by a love that smashes all boundaries of sin. Those sins that have been foisted on me and those which I have committed. As John chapter 1 says, to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And so I am, in all my imperfections and shortcomings, a son of God, being made whole day by day. 
being perfected and all that that work would be complete, being perfected to be like my Jesus. So then who should I be, right? And who should we be as disciples? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so from my essay again, I should be a man of great witness to all the work of God in my life. A man who's incomplete yet clearly progressing transformation into the image of Christ is testimony to real encounter with the living God. One whose experience of difficulty, sin, and shame, and grace, and mercy, and salvation points people to a loving Father. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. I confess, I remain an imperfect and often disobedient, though beloved son. My heart aches to be more like I was wonderfully made to be. I want to be a man who loves as abundantly as I have been loved and who forgives as quickly as I have been forgiven and who gives himself in the way Jesus gave himself for me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And I should be a man as a pastor who wields the word only in as much as I have yielded to it so that I might declare Jesus in word, in action, and in attitude in such a way that those around me might begin to see the miracle that they are. So, my friend, I hope that up to now you're seeing a little bit of who you've been made to be and hearing a little bit of your own story echoing in those words. And you're hearing who God is calling you to be, who you are who you should be. Well, I hope so anyway. Now, when we get together the next time, we will take who I am and who you are and the kind of people we should be. And we're going to take a look at us together as the body of Christ, the community of believers who are indeed the witnesses of Jesus' holiness, grace, power, and love in all of the world. So be sure to join us then. And this, friends, brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you very much for being with us. Once again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. I'm Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. And until next time, we pray God will bless you richly. Go and be the church.